113-98, the Sacramento Kings beat the LA Clippers today in game two of the preseason. I got my boy, Javi Zaragoza, to break it all down. How you doing, brother? All right, how you doing, man? Good uh, good way to start off the evening, late evening at this particular hour. No doubt, man. Uh, this won't be a long show. Probably, You know, I always say that, but it always ends up being long because we'll get into other things like the proposed deal that you made today on the platform. But before we get into all the nuances of the game today, this episode is presented by Medici Sacramento. If you guys haven't had their top-notch pizza, make sure you guys check it out, man, because it is A1, the closest thing to Italian pizza. I just had it on Sunday, and it was my favorite of all time, once again. And I've had this a lot of times, okay? So I can't make this up. It was literally delicious. A simple pepperoni and cheese. My gosh, man. I mean, you've had a hobby. How would Second you rate the pizza? None. Exactly. Second and none. none, bro. And Danny owner is good people, man. Got love Great for people. that guy. And yeah, bro. Appreciate Medici Sacramento for always supporting the Cowboy Kingdom platforms. Javi, what was your biggest takeaway from tonight's game? That the defensive tenacity, efficiency, most importantly, the execution has been instilled into this team, and not just with Davion, you know, Tristan Thompson, uh, the re-signed Mo Harkless, Terrence Davis, but uh, I think Doug Christie's had a mighty, mighty, mighty effect for the better in regards to not just the way we play, but our mindset. You know, I think it's something that's going to be privy to everyone to watch. I'm not saying we're going to win 50 games, but uh, it's it's definitely taking its course. Granted, the Clippers obviously without Kawhi coming back from ACL surgery, but I mean they're just they're just real physical. They play with a lot of tenacity, but you know, a lot of grit. And, you know that's that that's a lot of effort. And uh, an old friend taught me, you know, efforts between you and you. Nobody mm -hmm. else can give you effort, and I see that in each and every single second they're on the court, from possession to possession, each and every quarter. And that's something that's invaluable, especially for a team like Sacramento who hasn't had that in 15 plus years now right and we'll briefly touch on most of the guys i played tonight like harrison barnes always being consistent we call him mr consistent for a reason smooth game in game one i was there i golden one center he looked great he looked like he was healthy once again like he was last year but then when you overuse him over playing because his team lacks depth then you get a different version of Harrison Barnes. But now with this team having depth, it's a beautiful thing to watch and see. No more Corey Joseph coming off your bench. You have an abundance of guards that if one is having an off night, no pun intended, uh, you can put one in, right? Davion Mitchell, Buddy Heald, Terrence Davis. Those are all options off your bench if you, in fact, do choose to go with Buddy Heald off the bench. I think... Your best lineup is still Buddy Hill, Tyrese, and Fox with HB and home starting, and then bringing Davion and TD off the bench. Eventually, Davion will start. It's only a matter of time. The same with Tyrese Halliburton. But as of right now, kind of ease him in, allow him to play against second units would be my biggest takeaway. But with Harrison Barnes, 23 minutes tonight, 4, 7, 11 points, plus 18, it doesn't get more consistent than that, man. Uh, what did you like from Harrison Barnes tonight? He's just, from what we've seen, you know, uh, 
making his way into what this would be his uh, fourth season with Sacramento because he 18, 19, 19, 20. Yes, yeah, his fourth season in Sacramento. Got well, you know, three and a half, but he got acquired 18, 19. I feel like, again, Christie's weighing mightily on not so much success, but just realizing and have him understand like you are a more than capable player in this league. And it's not so much being a superstar, but your two way presence in regards to your prowess and ability. It's something that's just invaluable, but most importantly, it puts so much pressure on coaches of the opposition because he can score in the paint, he can shoot the three ball, he can play solid defensively as a three in the four position, respectively because of how tall he is. He's strong, though, so he doesn't get you know overpowered by fours. He's a little short, per se, at 6'9", but again, the league is almost like positionless where I'm not saying height doesn't matter, but you don't see the t- prototypical 6'11", 6, 6 you know, seven feet rather, seven foot rather, four that's playing the power four position anymore. Like, you know, we see six, seven to six, nine, six, ten power forwards. But he's so quick and athletic and agile. He's making people move and miss. And, you know, and he has so much patience under the cup when he's in the interior to the basket, you know, with the put back, with this fadeaway, with the step back, just with his dribble drive action to, you know, dribble, penetrate, dish and drive. Most importantly, when he's just backing down smaller or even just weaker, like a better term, small forwards and power forwards alike. People are saying that the stream is laggy. I'm watching it on my phone. It looks pretty clear to me. Uh, we apologize for the inconveniences. Uh, a lot of people are saying that. Um, I don't know what the issue could be. Uh, it says that my system is running smoothly. So, yeah, I, I don't know, uh, you know. Some people saying go to Deuce and Mo. You know, it is what it is, man. Shout out to them as well. There's no hate involved. You know, support everybody, whatever the case may be. But, again, man, great points on Harrison Barnes. Maurice Harkless started tonight. Was that shocking that he started along with Tristan Thompson and Lou Galton before the game saying that it's a real possibility? Or was it just Lou giving us smoke screens as usual? Smoke screens. <laughs> yeah. Like, ain't no way in hell Justin Thompson is going to start over Rashawn Holmes. It's just, it just wouldn't make sense. Tristan Thompson's a nice player, but, you know, he's a veteran. He's past his prime. Yes, he's tough. He brings that mindset, that toughness that this team badly needs. But he's a guy coming off the bench for sure. But what that meant to me, though, when I saw that quote, I was like, I wasn't shocked in, in the way that okay well Rashawn's gonna mention no like I know Rashawn's gonna start but what that means is that Tristan Thompson is heavily uh you know h- highly rated by Lou Gwanton which means maybe a guy like Marvin Bagley could be on the outside looking in when it's all said and done because you liked lineups where you have forward versatility with Maurice Harkless playing the four HB playing the four. So where does Bagley fit into all of this, right? So that's what came to mind for me when I heard that quote. It's sad to see and more than discouraging when you've seen him play at the end of the fourth quarter. Like I know it's, I mean, say per se garbage time because again, that doesn't count, but it's just like, are they trying to just, you know, get him extra work, get him extra time, more minutes? You trying to like, showcasing but it's definitely like why are you in the game with lewis king and them you know that's it's a head scratcher i'm not gonna sit there in front of you he's just starting 
starting power forward. He's playing in the fourth when the Kings are up double digits. And not he's like he's not your starting forward. Stop it, Javier. Well, I'm saying <laughs> he started the first two games of the power forward position. What I'm saying, you know what I mean? Like he was a starting four game one of the preseason, and they see him. Unless obviously they probably like I said, what I'm saying. They're trying to see what they have in him before the restricted free agency comes up. Whether they're going to trade him at the deadline, trade him now for what I said in, you know, my more than proficient trade idea today, or whether they just let him walk entirely or sign him trade in the offseason. But it's just like you look at things logistically. He's playing the four position in a game that the Kings are up by 20 plus. And you're just like, what? You know, like, I don't, I mean, I don't understand the logic behind it, but again, I'm not a basketball coach, especially not at that level, but it just, it makes you think twice. Maybe they're trying to showcase him and get him some extra work. Either way, it's, you know, it's right. a head scratcher. Right. I think it's a good segue into that uh, trade we can talk in, talk a little bit later because cool. I think it works for everybody. But yeah, that's my point on Marvin Bagley. Yes. You know, you're, uh, Marvin Bagley, <laughs> K. <you know. laughs> so Mo Harkless had a good game. Yes. He didn't fill up the box stat sheet for per se but he affected the game in different ways defensively passing the ball he was a plus eight for the game Tristan thompson same 17 minutes and nine three nine was aggressive at 11 rebounds six points that's what you want from tristan thompson and then you move down the line which i was very impressed with tyrese halliburn from a playmaking perspective in the first half he was dropping dimes he finished the game with five assists five rebounds four points but a plus 13 that tells you a lot because he made an impact on this game he was showtime tonight playing like a baby magic johnson and then De'Aaron fox doing what he does best he loves to play against the la clippers he seems to kill that team all the time he was smooth he was strong and it, even the clippers broadcast team jim jackson and the other guy were like damn like this guy is just the truth if his jump shot is falling at this rate three or five from beyond the arc which is 60 percent, he's going to be unstoppable and again as i said in my 10 question series with vince miracle to me he has top 10 talent in the nba and that's saying a lot and if he is a top 10 talent that means the kings will be relevant once again yes and you look at things now it's looking in infrastructure of this foundation that they built i think it's solidified right now i mean tyrese davion and De'Aaron. like whether the nba is going small whether the king's gonna try to go small it's just iq the the want to most importantly the attitude is different you know, that that feel with rashawn in the interior and obviously harrison the you know stout veteran and buddy the sharpshooter from you know, the construction of the roster at this current time, you know, October 6, 2021, I mean, that 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 three-guard lineup, it just it, it brings us hope. Not like hope, like we make a play, I'm saying hope for the next five years. You know, you've got 20-year-old, what, 22-year-old and 25-year-old, and they all play, they all play 100 miles an hour. They all have basketball etiquette and IQ. Most importantly, they all play for the team. Right. They're not out there chasing success, like, at least not yet. Like, you know, like Giannis said, anybody go to a super team and chase success and chase a championship, that's the easy. Play a role, do your part, you know, play whatever uh, role and, you know, part of the team you're asked to play in regards to what they put you in to do. But it takes real grit, real character, most importantly, a real man or woman 
to come and do what you know Davion and De'Aaron are trying to do right now. You know, Tyrese. You know that that takes you know true character with real integrity. And Davion Mitchell, man, he is a definition of integrity, the definition of hard work. Twenty six minutes tonight, five and nine, three of three oh, from man. beyond the arc. He brought it on both ends. He is silky smooth. Jim Jackson was just raving over this guy. He said, I don't care how many guards you have, you need to make it work because he has the it factor. And for even an opposing broadcaster and a guy who played at a high level like Jim Jackson, for him to say those things, that just speaks volumes on Davion Mitchell's character, on Davion Mitchell's game. I love to hear it, man. And I do sometimes like to tune into opposing broadcasts groups because it gives you a different perspective and not always a homer i mean you have to be positive when you work for the team but i like to listen to opposing broadcasts some sometimes and tonight they had nothing but praise for davion mitchell and i honestly i believe it's going to continue because he's only going to get better as the season progresses obviously he doesn't do anything great offensively yet but we know what he's in there for and he's there and he's in there to make an impact defensively but i do think he's gonna start being great had a couple of things offensively because he is a gym rat you gotta kick him out the gym man he loves the game that much he's a student of the game and i can't wait to see him progress as the season continues and just to you know second that davion's you know nickname is off night but i just want you know, people out there, all our fans, Cowboy Kingdom listeners, that like you know, something that people don't understand in basketball, at least from my perspective, is that defense is just how bad do you want it? And when defensive players get laid with us, players that like, oh, they can't shoot offensively, whatever. I mean, you can say it's a certain set, but just understand that they want it a lot more than your average player per se. Like Davion wants to be great. He doesn't just bring that tenacity and the you know, effort and just everything that he offers and presents on the defensive side of the floor because he thinks it's cool. He does it because he wants to be great. He wants – that's how bad he wants it. And, you know, that's something, again, Sacramento, how many players have wanted to be that good for the Sacramento Kings since, since 2006? I mean, I can name maybe five, you know, that genuinely wanted to be great, you know. And I'm not saying he's going to be the end-all, be-all, you know, next, you know, savant – best defensive point guard we've ever seen but i'm saying for a guy in year one that's doing things what he's doing and he's you know his first two weeks of the season in preseason i mean you know you don't find stuff like that and again that's a you know a nice way to give kudos to monty mcnair whether he was there whether tyrese and him fell into their lap respectively he still made the right pick from what we see at this given juncture Right, right. Let's talk about Buddy Hill, Terrence Davis, two guys who have no conscience. And, and you got to love it because if they are put in that role of coming off the bench, those are the type of players you need who are sparks offensively. If you're having an off night, these guys can literally light up your team. Sorry, light up the opposing team and bring that offensive punch off the bench. Both guys are very explosive scorers. Buddy Hill, I think he was like 0 for 6, and then he hit three threes in a row in the second half. Nine straight points with jump started that run in that third quarter to essentially blow them out. It's just, it's crazy because we both know how much work Buddy puts into his craft. And for me, like being a hooper myself, continuing to see him just chuck it up just shows you that if you actually put the work in, bro, like, 
I have no problems with that because at the end of the day, I felt like all those shots and, and a lot of those shots were in and out were going to fall. And the funny thing is, even though he was like 0 for 6, 0 for 7, they were still playing him like if he was 6 for 6. And that's just the respect he gets because he's such an elite uh, shooter, man. And, you know, I love to see that. And I want to compliment that with his effort on defense tonight. I, I, I posted that clip. Like, he was playing hard. And, you know, we always talk about this. If you have a guy lighting a fire under your ass like a Davion Mitchell, you best believe he's coming for your job. So you have to play hard and play like there's no tomorrow. And that's a beautiful thing to watch, man. Yeah, and again, when Buddy was one for seven in the first half from three, um, at least from the field at that particular time, you know, people are like, oh, Buddy, Buddy. But again, doesn't get in his own head. Short memory. Most importantly, he has mental toughness. He went in the second, went to the second half after his, you know, intermission and said, hey, it's time to lock in. Let's go. You know, that that's over with. We went to the next period. We went to the next quarter. Made three straight threes, finished with 11 points. I mean, his percentage wasn't the best. But again, he, like you said, no conscious, no fear. Most importantly, he has no restraint right. to ever shoot that basketball. He has no conscious to say, I'm not going to shoot and pull up because he wants to be that sniper and be that guy on the perimeter. Say, hey, kick the ball out to me and you're going to pay yep. defensively. You're going to pay defensively. If any defenders don't want to take me serious, it's all good because you're going to be on the bench in about two seconds when I will be light you up for about 12 or right. five minutes or not less, not less because Buddy Hill does things that, granted, he might not play the best defense per se or best ball handler this time the third, but the man knows how to shoot. And outside of Steph Curry, ladies and gentlemen, he had the most made three-pointers yeah. in the NBA last season besides Steph Curry. So don't ever disrespect my man Buddy Hill. No matter yeah. what you don't, no matter what you like or don't like or dislike or what do you feel about him, whatever, just know, understand this. Outside of Steph Curry, he had the second most made three-pointers in the NBA last season. Do not forget that. CK fans as well as King fans out there listening currently. Yep. Alex Len, for some reason, I'm not a fan of him outside of the Kings, but every time was this, this is a second stint. His first stint was really good. And even in his 12 minutes tonight, you just see his game is, is smooth. He's comfortable out there. You see a, a, a high sense of confidence from him. And I love to see it, man. And it's going to be interesting because you got Alex Lynn. You got TT. How does Marvin Bagley beat these guys? To me, Marvin Bagley is a five. And you're going to see a lot of uh, Mo Harkless and Harrison Barnes at the four. So, again, Javi, will... Marvin Bagley beat out Alex Lynn TT for that uh, for those events at the five because again, if Luke Walton is trying to win games this season and his his job is on the line, make no mistake about it. He needs to play his best players, and as of right now, I don't think Marvin Bagley is one of his eight best players. To be honest with you, I don't think that. Respect to your uh, you know preconceived opinion. I just feel like two things. Um, I like the physicality that Lynn is bringing. Alex Lynn is bringing a physical sense that we haven't had. I'm not saying since he left, but I'm saying we haven't seen consistently, obviously, in a long time in the interior outside of Rashawn. Marvin, I really hope Monty just looks at my trade proposal. I know that's hum humongously and more than egregiously far-fetched, but I'm telling you, I think it's best for all parties and all three. I think – I. I want to have Marvin's have success here, but I'm saying for where the Sixers are at, where the Rockets are at, and where we're at, I feel like it's a win, win, win for everybody. Fresh start, fresh start, 
fresh start for all three parties and all players included and involved in the deal. All right. Well, let's transition into it. We hope you guys enjoyed this recap of the Clippers versus the Kings from Staples Center tonight. The Kings blew them out once again. It wasn't really a game. They were down by 26 at one point. Uh, the Clippers got that down. That lead down to about 15 with the third stringers in. You know, it is what it is, bro. But let's talk about this proposed deal. Make sure you guys like, share, and subscribe. We had a lot of people watching earlier. Again, I've been told that the stream is fine now. We apologize for any inconveniences. I never got a lag on my end, but that doesn't mean that it didn't happen. So, again, we, we apologize for that. Let's pull up the successful trade proposal from javi um i like the deal i love the deal for the kings i love the deal for the rockets but after really thinking about it later throughout the day you know there was a lot of pushback from sixer fans and i understand why because there's a lot of ifs uh for the sixers you know john wall is the biggest if but if he does return to form the way we know john wall can when he's healthy then it's a very good trade. But if he doesn't, then that's where the concern lies on. And even with those picks, like the Sixers are in a win-now mode. They're trying to win the NBA championship. So, so honestly, those picks are irrelevant to them in the short term. In the long term, it could help. It could not. I made them lottery protected. That probably won't, you know, fly with, with uh, Daryl Morey, honestly. Like they're going to be probably unprotected, if anything. But, you know, I, I was like, well, just make them lottery protected. And you guys see the trade on the screen right now. Javi, after proposing his deal and thinking about it for a few hours, has anything changed in your mind? No. And the reason why is real simple. You're playing chicken with a guy and Ben Simmons, a player of his caliber, that whether you guys think he's good, bad, or indifferent, He's a three-time All-Star and two-time All-Defensive player, and he's willing to eat the salary and this not play. What leverage do they have? And everyone's saying, well, the big if of John Wall, well, name me a better deal they have out there. They're going to get four first-round picks, a former NBA All-Star point guard, a sniper from the three-point line of Eric Gordon, and a more than capable three in Daniel House, and they get four first-round picks. Whether they're trying to play win now or not, if it goes bad, per se, they have the picks. They still have Shake Milton. Like, uh, or they still have Shake Milton. And they still have Maxi. They give away Seth, obviously, but they get Gordon. They give away Danny Green, who's 35. I mean, what do they lose here? Uh, Furkan Kormas? Like, again, Sixers fans are over here playing this. I don't like it. I'm never going to agree to that. I'm not. You don't have any leverage. Like, what do you think that that the, the NBA is just gonna walk a red velvet, uh, you know, walkway for Ben Simmons and any deal they want? Ben Simmons said, "I'm done with you guys." Like, I don't want to see fans over here like sticking the nose guys. Like, oh, we're not taking that. Well, then you're not gonna have anything because. So, do you think the Sixers are gonna get TJ McCollum for him straight up? No. Why would the Why would the Blazers want to do that? They have no leverage in this case. And then they said, oh, "The Kyrie Irving thing." Okay, go take Kyrie Irving. But you and me know damn well he is a headache minute to minute, if not second to second. So I don't want to hear about no Kyrie Irving for Ben. Hey, if you want to do that, props to you. But at the end of the day, 
If it ain't the coronavirus, if it ain't the earth flat, it'll be the <laughs> NBA court is not uh, is not a not a it's not a complimentary and you know healthy search from the playoff. It'll be something because he is just a head case. Like, and I'm not saying he's a great he's not a great talent because he is, but I don't want no parts of Kyrie Irving with all that, you know. I'm gonna get vaccinated. I'm not in the day, I respect the decision, but the NBA is where they're at with the vaccine. With the with with the way the 76ers get a point guard with the starting lineup of John Wall. Think about this: John Wall, Eric Gordon, Matisse Thybul, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid, with Maxi Milton, Daniel House, and two back. And then uh, they have the you know they got back um, the big what do you got from Drummond, and they'll find a back of four with four first round picks. You're telling me that team is not top three in the East? <laughs> like where 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 are we lost here? The Rockets get two expiring contracts. They get Tristan Thompson, obviously, and Bagley expiring. And uh, Seth Curry's a sniper. Buddy Heald, I guess, the, the the big contract. But they get first-round pick themselves. And Buddy Heald's a, a, you know, not more than a fair deal. But he's a, you know, in, in today's NBA, it's a manageable contract. And the Kings, they give up three first-round picks. Buddy, Bagley, and obviously they give up, you know, the the picks that are needed. But they get back what they want. And they do take on Green and Korsmaz. But how can you sit there and say those three teams from the 76ers, Rockets, and Kings perspective don't win? You know, I, I'm confused by that. I, I don't, I don't see how any any Sixers fans can sit there and begrudgingly say we don't want that deal. Well, the name the deal you want because all these deals of you getting like, you know, like again, like I said, CJ McCollum or Andrew Wiggins and the two first round picks from this year and Wiseman. That's not happening. Like, that's not happening. Like, name the deal, and I'll tell you, okay, that's better. But you, me, know dang well, no Sixers fan can sit there and say, honestly, they got a better deal on the table. Like, no matter how much you – oh, I don't like John Wall. John Wall has two years left on his deal, dog. Like, it ain't like he got five years left. He got this year and next year. So if it goes bad, per se, they got four first-round picks, and they still have Milton and Maxie they kept. So tell me where the Sixers are losing. Tell me where the the Rockets are losing. They're getting away from the John Wall contract. They get two expirings and a first-round pick, and we get what we want. The only deal, the the only deal that I would see that could trump this deal is if the Cavs would come into the frame, offer a guy, say like Colin Sexton. That's where I would be afraid if I'm a Rockets fan, if I'm a Kings fan, because if you're a Rockets fan, you want this to happen. If you're a Kings fan, you want this to happen. If you're a smart Kings fan, at least, because um, there's a lot of pushback on it. Obviously, like we saw in the comment section, I don't want a guy who can't. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not listening to that. But that would be the only deal because you you know the connection between uh, clutch uh, clutch points or sorry, clutch points, clutch sports, and the Cavaliers, right? With LeBron being main dude and and Ben Simmons, like that's a real connection there. And they have the pieces and a player like a Colin Sexton who they would love to trade because they don't want to max him out. But someone's going to have to because he's putting up these stats that resemble and scream, you know, max player. Maybe not like a super max, but definitely like a max somewhere between the 22 to 20, you know, five. Somewhere around there is what he's going to get. So if you're the Sixers, you might get some picks there. Maybe an additional young player from the Cavaliers. And if you're the Cavs, you add Ben Simmons to Evan Mobley to uh, Garland, who you have there, and Jared Allen. Like, 
But that is what you that. want to do. Why not? Yeah, you can't. Two things. For one, for one, the salaries are not going to match. Ben Simmons making 35 plus. For number two, they're not going to, the Sixers are not going to max out Colin Sexton. And number three, what player are the Sixers taking back to make the salaries match? It does not work logistically. And I can't sit there and say Colin Sexton is a bad player, but there's no way you're going to tell me that Colin Sexton at this Well, I haven't time, put it in the machine yet, but I'm sure something could work. He's got a rookie deal. What do you mean? He's not making thirty-three million. This man Benson is making thirty-three million. You, you do forget don't. that they have Kevin Love on on the on the roster. So they're, they're wait, you're telling me right now the Sixers right now we're going to take Kevin Love and Colin Sexton over what I proposed. That's a better deal for them. You can no. honestly say that. I don't Kevin know if that's a better. No, well, I have to see put it on the machine and 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 just see the logistics. But you just said that it it can't happen because of his rookie skill deal. They have large enough contracts. That they can get rid of, and his deal is expiring, so it's not like it's a bad thing for the Sixers. Like, again, they're doing this to get Colin Sexton. They're doing this to get an, an additional young player, which they have a lot of young players on that team that could help the Sixers right now, and they can also give a pick. So it just comes down to if if you're the Sixers, do you value John Wall more, or do you value Colin Sexton more. That's honestly what it comes down to, bro. And, there, and there's two things to that, dog. I respect your opinion, but Colin Sexton is going to get a five-year extension. You get John Wall, it's a two-year marriage, not a five-year marriage. And and if it doesn't work out, you can amnesty him. You can possibly trade him after this offseason. You get the picks. You get to keep both your guards. If the Sexton deal happens, they're going to ask for Max or Milton back. They're going to they're gonna ask for him. I don't care what nobody – they're going to say, I want Max or Milton because I need a point guard. They'll say – and then, like, something in the comment section. Let's rehash this real quick. I don't want a point guard who can't shoot or pass. We're not playing at the point guard. We're not playing at the shooting guard. He's going to play power forward for the Kings or majority of teams. And not the Kings he's going to play power forward for. Majority of teams he's going to get acquired to go play for because he's a point forward. You don't have to convince me. You, like, you don't have to no, convince me. I'm letting the, the, it's the, more the unknown of, and ignorant I'm speaking, that say I'm speaking for Sixer fans right now, though. Like I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what the vibes are in Philadelphia, and I'm telling you that they would prefer – Colin Sexton over John Wall 10 yeah. out of 10 times. Like, and that's cool. That's, that's cool. But they, the fans say that. They don't like the vibe of saying in Philadelphia. And any ignorant and, and, and unknowing fan to think that Ben Simmons is not going to play point four for the Kings or any other team is just oh, that's, highly yeah, that's, rational. That, that's, and, that's, and that's a different conversation. Well, incompetent in every way. But what I'm saying in this conversation is, regardless of their incompetency, is that they need to understand – they don't care in regards to other teams and franchises what the Sixers fans want, what Mori wants, what the brass of the Sixers want. It's we don't care about what anything you're asking for because you have no leverage for the third time. He is not reporting. So I don't care how bad you want what or what you want. I don't care what you're asking for. I don't care what you think you're going to get. It's You're at the pleasure of the league, dog. And if you want to play chicken and sit on it, then be my guest. But the more time he wastes and the more money he forfeits, the less you're going to get. Because everyone's going to say, you know what? Why are we going to give you anything you want when he's not even playing for you? And he said, I'll just sit out the whole year. Damn you. And you're going to sit there and say, well, no, I don't want that deal. Excuse you. He's well, that's one perspective. It is. Well, that's 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 one perspective. Both you and I, let's objectively, you know, say the truth to our fans because they deserve the truth. I I told you earlier that if I was a Sixers, I would not pay him, hold out until the uh until the trade deadline because mm -hmm. there will be a team who is desperate enough to say, 
hypothetically say it's the Blazers. They're not playing well. They have a couple of injuries. They always do. And ownership is, you know, calling for the head of the GM or whatever. They have a brand new head coach in Chauncey Billups. Who knows, man? But that could be a team where they're like, okay, I'll offer you what you want, which it's CJ. At first, they didn't want CJ, right? And now I was like, shoot, he may be all I could get. But at the deadline, there's going to be a lot of uh, teams on the bubble trying to make the playoffs, trying to make that championship run. Who knows? It could be the Golden State Warriors. And both you and I agree that if they get Ben Simmons, they're going to have a great chance to win the NBA championship once again. And guess what? The Golden State Warriors have the youth pieces to make that deal work. And at that point, the Sixers will have to take a guy like Kaminga, a guy like Moses Moody, and maybe a pick. Like, that's not a bad deal, especially at this juncture. So if I'm the Sixers, and this is just an unbiased, objective point of view, I'm going to hold on to Ben Simmons until the deadline, until a team gets super desperate and they're ready to make a move. And it happens every single year. All it takes is one guy, and that's it. Like, it's just... We have to present all the facts, all the points of view to our, uh, you know, loyal fanship. And and we appreciate all the listens, man. But, hey, Javi, I think it's been a great show. You made a lot of good points. We recapped the entire game today. You know, it's been fun, bro. And I feel like there is a lag uh, on the stream, on the phone. We're ahead of schedule a little bit. But... We'll figure out all the logistics, all the technical difficulties on the next one. Don't know what happened, but I appreciate all the support, man. Any final words, Javi? I appreciate everybody listening, all my CK fans and listeners. And it's going to be a good live. And most importantly, it's going to be a game-changing moment in time for the Sacramento Kings, for better, for worse, or different. But this will be the season that presents the turning point in this franchise. I agree with that. I agree. I think they'll at least win 42 games this year. I really do. And if they win 42 games, you get into the play-in, and, and, and then after that, you shoot your shot. Like, you play your best brand of basketball, and you try and get in. Like, that's just the mindset. I think they have the right mindset of players this year. They have enough depth. They have the right guy in De'Aaron Fox. They have the right complimentary piece in Tyrese. And now they got a bunch of hungry guys, right, with the right mindset. And that's really what you need, man, to complement your main two guys. We'll see what happens. We thank everybody. Uh, make sure you guys like, share, and subscribe uh, to continue to show the algorithm that you guys are interested in this type of content. I appreciate Rockets Nation, Raptors Nation, for showing love in all the videos. We did a Kevin Porter Jr. breakdown today. He was so fun to watch yesterday, man. I know Javi and I were super high on him. And... Honestly, like I'm gonna say it right now, he's gonna be one of the young stars in this league, like a star. Because besides his 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 troubles off the court, that was the only thing that was like a major concern. But the talent, my God, that the Rockets get a steal in Kevin Porter for Jr. free, for free, like for free, like it was insane. Literally, could be an, another James. Like he's that good. And I'll be covering the Rockets a lot this year, man. It's just, it's it's crazy, man. Cause we we beg for for KPJ, but it is what it is. Jalen Green is gonna be fun to watch on that team. Alperen Shingun is gonna be fun to watch on that team. The Raptors got Scotty Barnes, who I am extremely high. I think he's the second best player in the draft, but we'll see, man. Thank you guys for all the support. 
and let's keep growing this channel man we'll see you guys on the next one peace